Because the Bible says in the last days, people are going to have itching ears. They're not going to want to hear the truth. They will not tolerate sound doctrine. So people will get up and preach doctrines of devils. devils. Joe, immoral communist Biden, is a supporter of transgender surgery, puberty blockers, even for minors, and all at public expense. I'm sick of it. The communism that came in this country and the socialism, the whole Democratic Party, it was weaned in Baptist churches just like this and preachers who said they believed the Bible and lying about it at the same time. Why can't we just believe that God says what he means and means what he says? Hello and welcome back to another episode. Thanks for being here with us today. I'm Jonathan Hudson here with my dad, the canceled preacher, Pastor Phil Hudson. And uh, we want to talk today about soul winning. And uh, this has been kind of making the rounds uh, on, I guess, among, amongst the brethren, the Fundamental Baptist Brethren. Uh, I've seen it posted several times, shared several times. Uh, and it says this. It's just a, just a quote. But it says, Beware of those who say... I'm for soul winning, but yet criticize using the Romans road or the sinner's prayer. Um, we were just talking before we hit record about some of the things we disagree with on the whole um, soul winning approach in fundamental fundamentalism, I guess we might say. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with a desire to see people saved to the point where numbers become more important than actual conversion. And uh, in an effort to get them to get saved, you know, we know what's best. You need, you need to be saved, mm. you know. Um, you need to pray this prayer, you know. Mm. And, uh, and it has devolved to that. And I think anybody that would deny that has got their head in the sand. I've seen it. I've witnessed it at uh, different soul winning um, clinics and conferences that I've went to, mm -hmm. and um, I, I don't think that's right. I do believe that a person can be saved in just a few minutes because the idea, well, how can you just lead somebody to Christ in a couple minutes? But I think that for the most part, the Holy Spirit has been working on that person, you know, their entire life, convicting them and working in them. Not only is your witness, a soul winner's witness, um, there, but the prayers of a mother and a father, maybe brothers and sisters, or maybe the church itself, growing up in church, the Sunday school teachers and their witness. You know, the Bible says one plants, one waters. It's God that gives the increase. And so I think what we've done is we have put an undue burden on, uh, and we ought to be burdened for the lost, but we don't save them, mm -hmm. you know. Um, it's the Lord that does the saving. Right. And all we can do really is just warn them and uh, point them in the right direction Yeah, that it is Jesus who saves, yeah. you know. Go ahead. Uh, well, the, uh, the, the quote that I just read, I don't think I would criticize the use of the Romans road, but certainly uh, the sinner's prayer as it's come to be understood, like you were just talking about, um, where we have to convince them, I guess. It's like this idea of convincing someone to pray um, or repeat after me kind of thing. And as long as you say these words and you're saved. And mean uh, it from your heart. Yeah. Right. Uh, the, the sinner's prayer as it's understood nowadays uh well, I, I got some problems with it. But one thing you said uh, that I've always remembered it in the book of Acts, uh, you'll find that where we usually put a sinner's prayer, they put baptize. Yes. Like the Philip, when he spoke to the Ethiopian eunuch, um, he said, well, here's water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And then like where we, what we would say, we'd say, well, if you believe with all your heart, then pray this prayer. What Philip said was, if you believe with all your heart, then you can get baptized. So... The prayer is like our profession, and in the Bible, the profession is the baptism or identifying with Christ right. that way, uh, which that was very interesting because you don't you'd be hard pressed to find an example of a sinner's prayer in the Bible, especially somebody leading somebody uh, to pray the sinner's prayer. Right now, I will I will disagree with you on this on this point. 
there is a sinner's prayer or several sinner's prayers in the Bible, but there is not the sinner's prayer. For okay. example, most people would point to the, you know, the publican and the Pharisee in the temple praying. And they would point to the publican who prayed, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And so there is the sinner's prayer, or at least some of it or part of it. Mm -hmm. And, um, well, that was a sinner who prayed a prayer Mm -hmm. for mercy. Yeah. Okay. But that's not the sinner's prayer. And I'll tell you why. Because if you have to pray the sinner's prayer to be saved, that means then the thief on the cross He didn't get saved because he didn't pray the sinner's prayer, you see. And the Bible says with the mouth confession is made, but with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And so I believe what the Lord is saying right here is that you can say what you want, but it's not going to mean much unless you believe in your heart. We got to get away from magic words in the Bible. That's so true. They're not not in there. They, They just don't exist. But people think if you pray in Jesus' name, if you just tack those words on the end of a prayer, it legitimizes it. Or they think, uh, you know, they get caught up in this sinner's prayer uh, thinking. And I'll, I'll give you my testimony here, but this, this, really, this really raked me over the coals when I was growing up because uh, this sinner's prayer mindset was just messing me up. Uh, I always felt like uh, I wasn't saved. And I was just, it always went back to, well, did I and I mean it with my heart when I prayed. You know, I was, go- I was always going back to that time where I said these words, and then I'd hear preachers say, well, if there's no conviction, there's no salvation. You know, and I'd say, well, was I convicted? And then they'll say, but you've got to call on the name of Jesus. It's got to be the name of Jesus. Right. You know? And I'm thinking, well, did I say Jesus? Did I say God? I can't remember. <laughs> and I was just worrying myself sick. In fact, I've made a joke, but I got dunked in our tank here like six or seven times because I'm always getting the assurance of my salvation. And uh, it was a... Uh, it was, I think I was about 14 years old when you kind of sat me down. You actually showed me an uh, article. It was a gospel track, kind of like an article, but it was on, online, and it went through, and it just kind of deconstructed this idea of a sinner's prayer um, and really you know, re-explaining it in light of the Bible, but you don't have to pray these magic words uh, to get saved. In fact, the Bible attaches salvation almost exclusively to belief, right? Yes, uh, and in fact, if you go to Acts chapter number 10, here we have Peter who goes to Cornelius at his house and he's preaching. And there was really no invitation to come forward and uh, for somebody to lead somebody else to Christ. Now, I'm not opposed to that at all. So don't misunderstand me. I'm just using, you know, independent Baptist jargon, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and so there was none of that. Uh, my pastor, Jim Fish, who is retired now, up in years, but he started the Kingsway Baptist Church in Mickleton, New Jersey, and I heard him say one time, you know, a person is saved not when they get to the altar and pray the sinner's prayer, when they take the first step. Yeah, you know? I've heard you say that. Before. And I think that's, that's pretty good, you know? I, I, I like that. Uh-huh. And, uh, and really, he didn't put this together with Acts chapter 10, but I have. So the Bible says, while Peter yet spake these words, mm-hmm. the Holy Ghost fell on all those that believed, Yeah, you know? Not prayed, believed, right? you know? And then the Bible says that they were baptized. You know, here is water. What doth hinder them to be baptized? You know? And uh, so they were baptized in the name of the Lord uh, that day. And so it was, it was a question of, you know, if you are a believer, then you, will, you should get baptized, mm-hmm. you know? And that was really the invitation, you know? If you believe, get baptized. Let me give you a little bit of my testimony. So I was out knocking doors many years ago with my wife in Washington. We were knocking doors. And uh, so I, I went to what we would say the Romans road, which I think is very good, doctrinally sound. And I think you, you do well to use that. The Romans road is basically Romans chapter 3, verses you know, 10, 11, and 12. But where it says, there is none righteous, no, not one. There's right. none that doeth good. There's none that seeketh after God, after God. We've all gone out of the way, all become unprofitable to God. There's none righteous, no, not one. That's what the scriptures say. And so the Romans road starts off by saying, you know, you're not righteous, you're not good or good enough to go to heaven. Right. And uh, the reason is because Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so we established the fact that we're all sinners. Let me just stop and say something there. This is what the average soul winner will do. I think that they will cheapen the conviction 
by saying, well, we're all sinners, mm -hmm. you know. Yep. But there's really no such thing as crowd conversion, right. you know. Um, you, you know, you kind of want to put yourself in the middle of a crowd. Um, but you are a sinner. Yeah, it's got to come home. And and not me, you. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Right. And not everybody else, you. And otherwise, it's not conviction. Right. You know? And a lot of times that's a sign of not being convicted. When you say, well, do you realize you're a sinner? And they come back with, well, everybody's a sinner. That's that's the opposite of conviction. That's justification, right? You're trying to justify. I yourself. feel that way. Yeah, a lot of people they'll do that though. You say, well, you know, you've told a lie, haven't you? And you say, well, who hasn't? Who hasn't lied? Well, that's a sign of not being convicted. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, and that cheapens it. The fact that you apologize and then you put a qualifier or this is the reason, that's that's really not an apology. Mm -hmm. That you're not really convicted. You're just you're just trying to fix the problem you know and so make people understand why you did it you know you had their best interest at heart anytime you say i'm sorry but it's but, not it's not an apology that's right that's how we always apologize to our spouses by the way <laughs> i'm sorry but you do the same thing that, you know? that's right that's right and, and that's self-justification you know um so anyway and so the whole idea of going down that road and just kind of putting us all in one big you know, box of humanity. Well, we're all sinners. We all lied. We've all thought bad thoughts, you know. And then everybody just says kind of, yeah. But that's crowd conviction. Yeah. And crowd conviction is, it, you're not going to get crowd conversion. Right. It's the Holy Spirit has got to speak to you. Yes. Well, anyway, so the next thing that we say is now there's a penalty for sin. And uh, there's a price on your head. The penalty is death. The wages of sin is death. And we say wages are something that you earn or you deserve. You know, and that is death. Why? Because of our sin. The wages of sin is death. And the Romans road, that's, it, we say Romans road because it's all packed together right there in, you know, those few chapters in the beginning of Romans, yeah. the beginning, middle of Romans. And so we're taking him down the, the Roman road of truth. And very good. But the gift of God, but the gift of God is eternal life. So, but is a, it's a big word. So it changes your destiny. The gift of God is eternal life. By the way, the gift of God in that verse is not Jesus Christ. The gift of God is eternal life that comes through Jesus Christ. So that's the gift. It's eternal life. So if you're given eternal life, you're telling me that God's going to take it back, you know? So if you've got eternal life, you can't lose something that, that has no end. Mm -hmm. You cannot say, well, I used to have eternal life, but I don't have it anymore. Right. You know, that's self-contradictory. That, that, that statement is self-defeating. Right. Well, anyway, and so the gift of God. So, you know, wages is something you work for, you earn, whereas a gift is something that you, you know, are given freely. You don't have to buy, you don't have to barter for it, you know, you don't have to trade for it. It's just something that is given to you. And, of course, Jesus paid our sin debt on the cross, and now he has eternal life and gives it to us on the condition of belief. Mm -hmm. um, the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. That's what the Bible says. And it says it again and again and again. Uh, belief, nothing more, nothing less. Now, people say, well, you've got to turn from your sins in order to be saved, and they want to equate that with repentance. Well, that's a slap in the face to the gospel. It's belief, mm -hmm. um, not prayer, belief. Now, you may get saved while you pray, but you won't get saved because you pray. Right. You may get saved at church, but you won't get saved because you came to church. And so it's just belief. Yeah. And, uh, and then... What, what we have a tendency to do here is break with the gospel and say, this is what we say. Okay, now, do you believe that you are a sinner? There it is in the Bible. Do you believe it? Yes, I do. And then we'll emphasize, do you believe it? Because not because I said it, because there it is in the word of God. Yes. Do you believe that there's a penalty for sin? The wages of sin is death. All liars shall have their part. In the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. Jesus said, unless your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you're not going to heaven. Mm -hmm. um, and so many, many verses teach us that there's, we are sinners and there's a penalty for sin and that penalty is death. Death and hell or the first and second death. And then we say this. And then they say, do you believe that? Yes, yes, we do. Yes, I do. And then we go to that the Lord, God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus died in our place. He suffered the just for the unjust. And this is beautiful. This is exactly the gospel as presented in the book of Romans. And uh, God commendeth his love toward us. He loves us. And he showed that love 
in that Christ died for us. He died in our place. Do you believe that? And so we say, let's go over and over it again. Number one, you believe that you're a sinner? Yes. Number two, do you believe there's a penalty for sin? Yes. Number three, do you believe that Jesus paid that penalty on the cross? Yes. And then, of course, we got to put the resurrection in there, that Christ died for our sins. He was buried, and he rose again the third day. So we trust a living Savior, not a dead Savior. And then we go to Romans chapter 10, verse number 13. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And, uh, and so we equate that with prayer. But if you look in the Bible, call can also mean trust. You're calling on, you're trusting in. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the word is used interchangeably. Right. You know, and you use Bible words for Bible definitions. And so anyway, and so we make it a matter of prayer. So if you'll pray and ask the Lord to save you, but it doesn't even say that. You know, it just as well shall, shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall right. be saved. Right. Um, and but anyway, so we kind of say, okay, are you ready to call upon the name of the Lord? And so normally that doesn't happen. They will not just pray themselves. Right. Normally we'll say, well, I'll lead you in a prayer. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I used to do is say, well, let's go ahead and just pray the Romans road. You know, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner or acknowledge the Romans road. And I know that there's a penalty on my, you know, for my sin. And if I got what I deserved, it would be judgment rather than mercy. Something along that line. Lord, right. be merciful to me. Save me. Take me to heaven when I die. Amen. Okay. And then we turn around and then give them the assurance of their salvation and say, well, now if you die today, where would you go? And um, most of the time, they're confused. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> they're, they're just confused. And my experience is not that they say, oh, I'd go to heaven. Now, I've had that, mm-hmm. you know, um, but quite often it's, well, I don't know. Is this a trick question or something, you know? Right, right. Um, but then we, we kind of say, well, listen, this is what the Bible says. You either believe the Bible or you don't, you know. But here's, I believe, one of the reasons why they don't have the assurance, because we've confused them. So anyway, getting back to the story now. So I'm knocking doors in Washington. And so I did exactly that. You know that you're a sinner? Yes. You believe that Jesus <laughs> died on the cross? Yes. You believe if you trusted the Lord, called upon the Lord? Yes. Okay. Now, according to John, according to the Bible, you, you're a believer. Mm-hmm. You're saved. Right. But then this is what we say. Now, <laughs> in order to get saved, Romans chapter 10, verse number 13, you need to call upon the name of the Lord. So now all we have done is added works to salvation. Mm-hmm. And because prayer is a work, mm-hmm. and especially if you pray for the somebody, yeah. that means that that is somebody. It, it's bad enough to say, okay, well, you can't work for your own salvation, but you cannot be saved by your good works or by the good works of anybody else done as an agent of yours by or for you. Mm-hmm. you. You cannot do it. But that's exactly what we're doing. We're doing the same thing as the Catholics do, you know, when you pray for the dead or pray for people out of purgatory. You know, they can't help themselves. They're there for this certain amount of time that you can pray them out and, uh, or pay them out either way. I cannot get away from John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth, not prayeth, believeth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, this is what somebody says. Well, if you believe, then you'll pray. Well, wait a minute. Okay. You mean pray immediately, or will there be a few minutes time or Mm -hmm. maybe a few days time? You know, it complicates it a whole lot. Right. Okay. So you mean there's a time when you'll believe in your heart before you actually prayed the prayer and you die, have a heart attack? You mean you're hell bound? No, it's believe. I remember when I was 14 and uh, I, I, I started to, you know, learn about this. Everyone I was just talking about, it was mind blowing to me that that at the time that someone would say, "Well, you can be saved without praying the sinner's prayer," or you know, praying that that sinner's prayer that I had come to understand. Uh, I was like, "Well, wait, I, I thought that's how you got saved." You know, you, uh, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I'm going. I'm on my way to hell. And I believe in Jesus, and now you're saved. Uh, but like you said, that word called Romans ten thirteen. You know, um, it's very. You know, we use that. In, in 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 a belief or trust way all the time. Yes, we do. You know, if um if I'm uh if I have the if I've been given permission to use your car, you know, um 
and then uh, someone wants to challenge me and say, well, how come you stole this car? Well, I'm going to, I'm calling on you to, to back me up. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, and it's not that I, I'm constantly calling you or I, I call you one time to get this permission. But if someone were to challenge me or if I were to be questioned, I would revert back to the fact that, you know, uh, you know I'm calling on I'm calling on you that you've given me that permission. Yes. Uh, we do that all the time. All you know? the time. Um, and so we should call upon the name of the Lord. Well, what do you mean call? Well, the Bible defines it. How should they call on whom they have not uh, believed in? And uh, so there's this belief. There's this trust. And so if I were to be asked... You know, why are you saved? I don't go back to a prayer. I go back to a person, you know, instead of uh, instead of assurance being past tense, it's present tense. And, it's, and I think that's why, I, you know, I get this Amen. all the time. Teenagers want to get the assurance of their salvation. I, I went through it, too, and um, because they're putting their assurance in the past tense. And, you know, go to camp or youth conference, and they get saved, and they get a little decision card, and they say, well, remember this date. You know, write down your Bible um, so that when you have doubts, you can go back to this date. Um, I, I don't believe, I don't buy that. Uh, because no, I, because first of all, that doubt could really be the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And then that date that you put in the back of the Bible on a decision, decision card, you know, and sometimes people have taken them and put them up on their uh, you know, on their dressers or put them, you know, hung them on the door or something like that. And so are you trusting in the prayer that you prayed? Right. Are you looking back to a prayer or a time and a place? Or Adrian Rogers really helped me. And this, I've said this many, many times over the years. He says, it was a wonderful day for me when I realized I got to quit trying and start trusting. Mm -hmm. And then he said this. I don't believe it was in the same sermon, but I, I kind of tied together for me. Then he said, God never puts assurance of salvation in the past tense. Yes. And because I have such admiration for Adrian Rogers, I never really did at that point say, oh, well, I'm going to check it out myself. I believed him. Mm -hmm. But that was many, many years ago. And all this time, he was right. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 do you believe now? Yes. You know, it's not, did you believe then, you know? Yeah, you can be saved and not remember getting saved. You know, uh, we, we, we preach once saved, always saved. And then, uh, you know, if some, you were in a car accident, you lost your memory. That's happened. Yeah. It does not change your salvation. Well, we had a bit. guy, Ken Armistead, um, years ago. He passed away, I guess, about 20 years ago, 15 years ago, somewhere around there. I think the late 90s. Um, but anyway, so he said he started having doubts. But he was losing his mind. Mm -hmm. So you're telling me you've got to remember a time in a day? To have assurance. To have assurance. And then, and then if you don't, so are you saying then this guy was never saved or lost his salvation? Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, it's incredible how complicated that we, we can make it when we get away from what God said, belief. That's it, period. Yes. And going back to repentance, you know, uh, when people say, well, you got to repent— uh, unless you kind of mangle the definition of the Bible definition of repent, then that repentance really it's encapsulated in that word believe. You know, if you're going to believe Jesus, it's going to change your mind about yourself, about your actions, about your natural state, about your sins. So that change of mind to your sin, it's it comes when you believe Jesus. That's right. And if it doesn't come with that, then you believe in another Jesus. You're not believing the Bible. Or you're uh, you know, it's not a saving faith. I think the worst thing that we can do is is write in the back of the Bible. A date. Uh, a, a date. Um, I mean, it messed me up. As if the Bible's not good enough. Can't you get assurance from God's Word? Uh -huh. Why do you have to get assurance from somebody that wrote in the back of God's Word? This is the day you got saved. Well, first of all, that soul winner does not know that. Right. Let me make that perfectly clear. Just because somebody prayed a prayer with you does not mean that they got saved. You do not know that. There are going to be many that will say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied thy name, cast out devils, and many mighty works, prayed the prayer, taught a Sunday school class, the whole nine yards, the mm -hmm. whole kit caboodle. You do not know. You don't know your own heart, let alone somebody else's heart. The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can know it? Right. That's what the Scripture says. You, can't, you don't even know your own heart, let alone somebody else's heart. Now, you can say, you know, on this day, you prayed a prayer. Uh -huh. uh, you could say that you accepted the terms of the gospel 
if they truly did. And I think that's what most people do. You know? And that's what they'll probably. say. If you truly, if you really believed it, then you know, then you're saved. You know, and then they'll go on that contingency. Yes. Uh, with their with their presentation, uh, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But in the Bible, I think the only the only ways I can think of assurance is um, from the Bible. The Bible gives you the assurance. Uh, because you believe the Word of God, the Bible gives us the terms of salvation. So, if the Bible is true, then we know we're saved. Secondly, is by the Holy Spirit. Uh, I can't think of other ways that we get assurance, but the Bible says that the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. Yes. So uh, I can't either. There's no, you know, past. There's no like putting, you know, remembering when you got saved. There's no like a day, you know, a time and a place in the Bible. But the assurance comes from it. I think we do a disservice to assurance. When we try to attach it to, well, a time and a place. And I hear that all the time people preach on salvation. You need to have a time and a place when you got saved so that you know that you know that you know that you know. But what do you mean? You, you know, I, I know that I know because the Bible is true and because the Holy Spirit is confirming with my spirit. Uh, well, and that's another thing. We're trying, to, we're trying to know, you know, where the Bible focuses on belief. And I get it. First John chapter 5, verse number 13. These things have I written unto you that believe. On the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. So I get it. People do struggle with it. Mm-hmm. But it's people that believe, okay, that they, they should know, mm-hmm. okay, because of their belief. And if you believe, <clears throat> if you believe that Jesus saves those who believe, because the Bible says that, then your faith is in the Word of God. For years, I believed I was going to heaven because my mother said I was, she remembered my conversion. I mean, I didn't, but as if salvation was dependent upon your belief. And this is what they say. Well, you know, when a person gets saved, that is a, that is a life-changing, life-altering. That's an explosion of salvation, and who's going to forget that? I'm married. Do I have to convince myself that I'm married by somehow remembering the events around my wedding day? Right. I do not remember walking in. I do not remember walking out. I do not remember saying I do. I don't remember any of that. So, but I know that I was, I'm married. <laughs> now, if, we're, if we're to treat it like salvation, we say, are you sure you said I do? Are you sure you said it? Did you say it? Did you mean it? <laughs> Did you mean it? Well, how do you know you're married? Yeah, it's the same way with, you know, apple pie. Actually, cherry oh, yeah. pie. You told the story. I, yeah, I love cherry pie. Actually, I heard Adrian Rogers say this years ago, and okay. I've listened to a, a lot of Adrian Rogers sermons. He died when he was two thousand uh, two thousand and six or seven. Um, the Lord took him home. But uh, by the way, a week ago today, I was in his stomping grounds. At first, I was in Fort Pierce, Florida. That's where he had a church for yeah, a while. Yeah, he did. He started out Fort Pierce, and then moved to Memphis, mm-hmm. and that's where he got very famous. But he was he was famous throughout Florida in Fort Pierce. He had a thriving ministry. Mm. And uh, I mean, just a rock group fundamentalist Mm -hmm. when you could have been one and still been a Southern Baptist Uh in those days. But anyway, cherry pie, you were going to say. So, yeah. So here it is, this cherry pie. And, and, you know, I could look at it and you could tell me that ain't cherry pie. That's a figment of your imagination. You could tell me it's not cherry pie. That's apple pie. You could tell me that's a ham sandwich. Uh And you may confuse me, but when I eat it, you tell me whatever. Cherry pies don't exist, but I got the witness inside of me Mm -hmm. and that's what the holy spirit is because i feel full and i know what cherry pie tastes like and uh, it's the same way with salvation when a person believes nothing more nothing less by the way if repentance is so important why doesn't john ever mention it Mm. the gospel of john in fact you'd be hard pressed to find the word repentance in the gospels at all you know there's a few places you know repent believe that you know believe um, John the Baptist mentions it. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, unless you repent, you shall all likewise perish. But the question comes, what, what is repentance? Right. You know, Catholics have one definition of it, you know, and Baptists have another. But the whole idea is, well, you got to be sincere and convicted of your sin. Y- you know, and then they say, you got to turn from your sin. I had a preacher tell me this. So you got to turn from your sins in order to be saved. And I come back and say, well, what sins? All of them? Some of them? Right. You know, outward sins, sins of omission, sins of commission, sins of the heart. It's always the big ones. Uh, Yeah, it's always the big ones, you know. Mm -hmm. And honestly, when I was growing up, um, I kind of felt like I struggled with this area of eternal security, you know, 
was I really saved and all this stuff because I never had this this cataclysmic change in my life. I was never in jail. I never, you know, was on drugs or anything like that. Right. And so because I wasn't, you know, and this radical change that people talk about um, as if you're cursed and damned to hell because you were raised in Sunday school right. and you didn't disobey your parents and you loved God and, you know, then you went off to the Bible college and you got married and you're raising your kids and you're going to struggle with salvation because everybody else, boy, they saved off drugs and saved out of a wild life, got mm-hmm. saved out of prison and all this stuff. Because a person lives right and morally when they're young, that means they can't be saved. Um, and then we have to go down this road and say, well, Lord, if I wasn't saved when I was seven, save me now. <laughs> and then, then we do it again. It seems like when a kid is four, they get saved. And then again, when they're about nine or ten, when they start understanding a little bit more. And then when they know that they get some freedom, you know, and the guys see females and there's freedom and then a job and money. And, um, and then there was more temptation and more things. Well, I'm not saved. You know, I got to get saved. All By the time a kid goes through high school, you know, he's been baptized five times. Mm-hmm. We had a guy, I think I baptized seven times, you know, here. And he just couldn't nail it down. And I was saying, look, you either believe or you don't, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but he got confused because you got to know a time and a date. You got to have this radical change. In, in radical change. God saves some people from a life, life of sin. sin and others he saves out. Out of a life of mm, sin. I like that. And that is so true. Yeah, I mean, if I look back on my life, um, the my salvation testimony was not this this mind-blowing, cataclysmic thing. You know, I w- before I got saved, I went to church three times a week. After I got saved, I went to church three times a week. Before I got saved, I didn't listen to rock and roll music. Because you'd beat me. <laughs> after I got saved, I didn't listen to rock and roll music. I mean, uh, there was not that. Now, growing in grace has been mind blowing. As I as I understand more about salvation and what happened to me, and I begin to tap into the blessings of it, like walking in the Spirit, prayer life, that's been amazing. But the day I got saved was not this, you know, you know, you know, sobbing at the altar and repenting of all these sins. It just wasn't. Um, you cannot, you can't have it both ways. Right. Either believe or you don't. It's either emotion or it's not. It's yeah. intellect or it's not. It's faith. Faith in what the Bible says and putting your belief in that. Now, and some of these preachers, when they're preaching on this, um, they like to say, and I've already referenced it, but they say, you, know, you got to know that you know that you know that you know. They'll say, you need to, what do they say? You need to drive a stake a mile deep in, in, in your uh, salvation testimony that you know that you're saved. But I'm thinking... How can you know that you know? Like, how can you get more than, I mean, what are they trying to add on top of it? Because um, if you believe the Bible, that settles it. I don't need all the know that you know that you know that you know. Where does that come from? A lot of times it comes from this feeling, this experience, or, you know, um, I finally got it settled, or I finally just, you know, I can remember it clearly, or whatever. But it's just, you know, you got to know that you know that you know. Where in the world can you drum all that stuff up? If, if, it's, if the word of God, just believing the simple words that God said isn't enough, where are you going to get all the other you knows from? Right, right. And then to add on to that, you have the evangelist come in and says, well, this guy, he got saved. But this guy got really, he really <laughs> got saved. He really got the Holy Spirit. As if this guy didn't over here, you know. And then you also got these uh, testimonies. And I guess you can tell me your two cents on this. But, uh, man, you know, this person's been in church serving the Lord and, uh and uh, all of a sudden, they have this epiphany. They're not saved. Because certainly, there can be people that, that have been deceived into what we're saying. Well, I, you know, I prayed a prayer, and I was trusting a prayer. Yeah. But I got to tell you, first of all, show me in the Bible where we see that. You know, I mean, it happens all the time. Nowadays, you know? yeah. Independent Baptist churches, you know, that preach the gospel, you know. Um, but where is that in the Bible? Where do we see any of the apostles? Um, next thing you know, they're you know, getting the assurance of their salvation. You yeah. know, there's certainly there's people in the church that are not saved. Um, you know, but uh, Jesus did say many many think they are. They're not. Um, yes. But uh, I'm thinking of uh, you know sermons I've sat in. You two, I'm sure, where it was, man. You know, this person was was in church for years, and then, you know, they, they, they got saved. My, you know, this, this person was, was a preacher, you know, and all of a sudden he had this realization he's not saved. This person, you know, I'm not saying those aren't true, like you said, but uh, 
kind of to bolster this whole teaching that you better know that you 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 know kind of thing. Right. I, I honestly believe that it is, I, and I hate to say this, but it is to make the evangelist look good often, you know, so he can send the results into the sword. And so the pastor's wife, the organist, three deacons, you know, and the pastor, <laughs> pastor's kids. And it was a great revival because he talked everybody out of their salvation, <laughs> you know. And don't tell me that doesn't happen because I did it myself, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, come in, I, you know, Al Lacey was one of them, you know, and I really admire Al Lacey. And I'm not against him. You know, I believe he's with the Lord now and has been for several years. But I heard him preach a sermon one time, you know, a time and a date, you know, a, you, talking about the most marvelous thing that ever took place in your life. And you're telling me you don't even remember the circumstances surrounding it. I, 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 I'm for that to a degree. But are you telling me then if that that is part of the gospel, you've got to continue to remember. Right. And if you forget. Um, you know, the scriptures do say, you know, you will forget that you have been purged from your old sins. Mm -hmm. You know, so it is possible if you don't grow in grace. What is that? First Peter chapter number one, he'll forget that he was purged from his from his old sins. Yeah. So the, you can forget. But I, I hate to say it. And then and then it's, you know, another baptismal certificate, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, hangs on the wall. A lot of times the same thing with someone is like we were talking before, but um we go down this road of trying to get squeeze that prayer out of you know like we're trying to get you know juice out of a out of a turnip or something or squeezing that prayer out of a sinner on the front porch or something. So I listen to a soul winner, and I I believe in the soul winners. I believe in Curtis Hudson. Praise the Lord for him. Uh, Jack Hiles, John Rice, um, uh, Russell Anderson, all these guys. I, I'm for them. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not. The Lord has not convicted me of this, and I'm just saying, and I'm not saying they do it. I'm just saying, uh, put me in with the soul winners. Right. Um, but I, I'm just not going to do this. And this is what this is what I was taught one time in a clinic or soul winning clinic or somewhere where they were teaching on soul winning. Okay, so you ask them, you know, you knock on their door and say, "I'd like to come in and you know talk with you, you know, about our church." Okay, and then then you then the transitional question. Well, you know, church is important, but the most important thing is if you die today, you go to heaven. And I use that even to this day, right? you know, so I'm not against that. Uh, but um, anyway, and they say, well, no, or you can't know or whatever. Well, if I could take the Bible and show you from the Bible how you can know for sure if you die today, you would go to heaven. Would you be willing to do what the Bible has to say? I mean, that was something that we had to memorize in personal evangelism, right. those words. And it sticks with me to this day and has, I, I, I'm not being critical of that, Okay. But then let's just say that they don't want to talk to you. Right, like 90% of people. 90% they don't want you to come in. And so <laughs> you say, well, that's okay. Can I share with you the gospel right here? I understand why the morning and you don't want visitors to come in. Maybe the dogs are still asleep or whatever. <laughs> you know? But anyway, and then they say no. And then you just say, well, okay, well, that's fine. And then you try another way. Now, they don't, they don't want to hear it, you know. And said no so twice. then you just open up the Bible and you just start. And then if they say, well, I don't have time to read the Bible, then you forget that. Now you bring out the track and you say, well, in the front, this is where we're located on the back. This is where heaven is located. <laughs> and this is how you, this is how you get to our church. This is how you get to heaven. And you start reading that. And if they still say, I, I'll take the track, but I ain't got time. And then of course, in your mind, you're thinking, well, don't take any time. Just, Give me a, I could have been done by all the excuses you've been given. Right, right. But anyway, so then we go from there. I've heard this. And then we go from there. We've got to give them the gospel. You know? They ain't listening. They're not listening. But we've got to give it to them anyway. And so from there it is, okay, well, and then we just tell them what we were going to show them in the track if they yep. would have let us show them in the Bible, you uh -huh. know, that kind of thing. And so if they don't want to hear, well, before I go, I'd like to pray for you. You got any prayer requests? And then pray the gospel. <laughs> Lord, I pray that you bless this guy's grandmother's house. May he get the job. And Father, help him to realize he's a sinner <laughs> and help him to see that Jesus is the only Savior. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, those days with me are gone, yeah. and it's, it's a relief. This high-pressure stuff, trying to, like I said, squeeze out the sinner's prayer. I had a guy that was in church here years ago, and he says, salesmanship. 
You know, the best soul winners are salesmen. I would say the worst soul winners are salesmen. Trying to talk people into something they don't want. That's right. Just, I mean, just uh, humoring you to get you off their front porch half the time. Sometimes, I'm not saying all the time, but uh, sometimes that's the case. If we're just trying to just ram it down their throat. Yeah, you'll buy the Jehovah's Witnesses junk just to get them off of your front porch. That's right. I heard people, you know, using this, again, just trying to get someone to repeat a, a prayer. They'll say, you know, well, you know, if, if, if I'm wrong, you know, what have I got to lose? But if you're wrong, think of all that you're going to lose. And so almost as if they're buying a life insurance policy. Well, okay, I guess I'll say your prayer too just to cover that base as well. But I've heard that. Yeah. On the front door, on the front steps of somebody's house, you know, they don't want to pray. No, I don't want to pray. I don't buy that. I'm not, I don't, I'm not a church person. I don't, I'm not religious. They'll say, well, just imagine if, if I'm wrong. You know, I, I'm not going to lose anything. But if you're wrong, you're going to spend eternity in hell. Don't you at least want to cover that base? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that's not faith. I mean, not by a long shot. I remember there, there have been contests, you know. And so it wasn't about, it wasn't about the person's soul that you cared about. It was winning the trip. Mm. It was winning the prize or whatever it was, yeah. or getting your name name recognition. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, to me, uh, they'll say, "Well, if one person gets saved, it would be worth it all." Well, first of all, I don't buy that. I, that to me, uh, that what you're saying here is we can be unethical so long as the the, the end will justify mm-hmm. the means. Yeah, you know. But that 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 is that's going to be the fall of fundamental, and it's going to come down to this whole thing of the Bible and belief, you know. And um, but just in case somebody thinks, well, these guys are just liberals, they don't um, believe in soul winning. Or- we do believe in soul winning, and uh, I've been going soul winning now just about every week for thirty one well since nineteen eighty one, you know. Um, but I don't feel like I'm not right with God if I don't go soul winning one week. Mm-hmm. And then I've heard people say you're not right with God if you don't win some, witness to somebody every week. And then I've heard somebody say if you don't win somebody every week, there's thousands of people out there and they die and go to their blood is on your hands. Mm. Um, and uh, well, that flies right in the face of what the Bible says that, uh, you know, they're without excuse. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. Um, I, I just I. I believe we just need to just do what the Bible says yeah. and not try to do, not try to fix God or, or improve upon God's method. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we said a few weeks ago, we talked about faith promise. People say, well, you, you can raise more money for missions. So, but is it really about raising money right. or just following what God said right. do That's period? Right. Um, and it's the same way with the church growth, you know? Okay. So, Let's bring in the rock and roll music or modern versions or whatever to get the crowd. And we got this big crowd. Okay. Even if it works, it's still wrong. Mm-hmm. God wants us to do it this way. Yes. And he said, let's just do it the way God said. Right. And then even to, as far as I'm concerned, even to go and say, well, you know, that doesn't work nowadays. You know, God understands. And, and even if it did work, I want to emphasize, even if it did work, it's still wrong. Because working is not the goal. It's, it's obedience. It's just to obey. That's right. And whether whether or not that that works out well for us as far as we think or not. And let me just, say and let me say this as well. A lot, a lot of folks will say, "Well, the only reason why you are on this earth, if you are saved, is to see get other people saved." Okay. Now, to me, that creates a huge problem. Now it's all about soul winning. Mm-hmm. I think it should all be all about walking with God because if you do what you're supposed to do then you'll become what you're supposed to become right and 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 here's another thing too it's as if soul winning was you know that's God's heartbeat uh, okay okay first of all when God came to earth all he did was he, I mean he didn't have no world mission outreach right uh, in fact he says it, it's wrong to take the children's bread and cast it to um to dogs mm-hmm. uh, so I, I'm, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have a world vision I'm just saying that we've got to be consistent with the Bible right. and then in the Old Testament you know as if you know everybody was out knocking doors on Saturday <laughs> uh, you're going to be hard pressed to find soul winning in the Old Testament yeah 
Well, we're talking one-on-one, knocking on doors like, you know, what we said. And so, well, it's just there. Well, where? Noah was a preacher, you know, of righteousness. Okay, but you would think if soul winning was so important, we would have Jeremiah was out Saturday soul winning, knocking doors. Well, it's like you said many times that if, if we really believe what we say about soul winning, that, you know, their blood is on your hands, and if you don't warn them, then they're going to go to hell and all this stuff. If we really believe that, would we be doing anything else except for constantly, constant? I mean, if you're telling me because I'm not out soul winning right now, someone's going to die and go to hell, what am I doing? You know, why would I do anything else with my entire life except for knock doors 24-7? That's right. Uh, but it, it, we can't get this thing out of balance, like you said. We can't just uh, uh, change the Bible. Uh, Amen to that. And something else, too. Uh, and I'm just going to say it because it, 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 it's now we have ladies go soul winning at our church. But show me one place in the Bible where you have ladies out knocking doors. It ain't there. Mm-hmm. Now, what you're going to find is a couple of women prayed, but <laughs> that ain't soul winning. It's stretching it, to say the least, uh-huh. to say the least. Um, but we are not anti-soul winning. And we still use the Romans road. Yeah. We still encourage people to go out. We've had folks go out just about every week and knock on doors and share the gospel. But as far as if you don't come back without somebody being saved, somehow send them back out again. You know, <laughs> we're not going to do that. I was at a soul winning clinic one time and the guy said to the lady right beside me, he says, we have got to go back and have somebody saved or the preacher will read us the riot act. You wow. Know? Yeah. That's, that's what, I was there. I saw that, wow. you know, and uh, you just get everybody hyped up and just, yeah. here's the gospel track, invite you to church. If you'd like to go to heaven when you die, pray this prayer. I saw that. Yeah. Well, that's what's going to turn into. If you have to have a, uh, if you have to have a conversion to, you know, you're going to do that. Right. Um, but uh, it has taken the pressure off. You know, when I, when I share the gospel anymore, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to get them to pray. Like you said, well, all we can do is warn. If, if the Holy Spirit hasn't been working, well, I guess the Holy Spirit is working, but if they have not been responding to the Holy Spirit, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do. And if I try to do something on top of that, all I'm going to get is just this, just this, this, this uh, you know, fake, fake hope or fake conversion. And, you know, I'm not going to question any conversion. You know, we can't do that. That's not our job. But also it's not my job to get him to pray. It's just not, you know, it's not my job to get him to repeat something after me. Uh, it's my job to warn. It's my job to share the, to obey, share the truth, and uh, that's where my job stops. Well, I will tell you, and now this is what it's coming down to. You say, okay, preacher, well, when you go so early, what do you do? Well, first of all, I knock on the door, and if they answer the door, this is what I do, you know. Um, invite them to come to church. And then if they will talk, if they don't want to talk, then there's somebody else that will, Okay. And like I told your son, Jared, and I've been taking him soul winning with me a couple of times. And, uh, of course, we don't let little kids. He's seven, eight years old. Right. We don't let them talk. Um, they're not ready to, right. to be talking and stuff. But they can put tracks in doors. And I told him, I said, Jared, every time you put a track in a door, you're giving an invitation to church and also sharing the gospel with right. them. Right. And uh, so you're doing something for the work of the Lord. And uh, But anyway, so when we knock on a door, so we'll knock on a door and and just introduce ourselves and our church, that's what I do. And then if they will talk, I'll give them the gospel, okay? And then as far as the praying the prayer, nope. I don't feel any necessity to pray the prayer anymore. Mm-hmm. Because why? If we say, okay, well, if you believe this is the gospel, do you believe? Okay? And they say, yeah, well, they're saved. Right. Why pray? Right. Um, now you're going to say pray and ask. This. So I don't, I don't do that no more. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, anyway, so I just do what the Bible says. Now, if you are saved... You need to come to church and get baptized. Mm-hmm. Now, I've heard it said before, oh, don't do that. You'll scare them away. So you got to make it a three-point process. Number one, get them to pray. Then number two, get them to come to church and make a profession. And then number three, sometimes they'll make the profession and get baptized the same day. But that's not always the case because smaller churches, you know, they, they, you know, they have to prepare. And, uh, and so it becomes a three-point thing. Almost like we're trying to sneak up on them. You know? Yeah, yeah, sneak up on them. Well, those days are gone with me. Trick them into praying, trick them into coming to church, trick them into getting baptized. Those days are gone with me. This is what the Bible says. And uh, you either believe it or you don't. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a believer, um, you ought to be in church. And somebody says, well, I believe, but I'm not in church. I say, well, I encourage you to get in church because 
you're, you're a bad believer. Right. You know? Or I encourage you to believe what you, because a lot of times they don't, they're not saved. And that's what I wanted to get to. Let's yeah. close up by saying this. A person that truly believes, okay, their life will change. But you don't change to get converted. You get converted and then you change. Or you get saved first and then the sanctification process follows. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. I guess, I guess we need to, before we go, is dis- make all the disclaimers because I know there's soul winners sitting here saying, well, I've had so many results and, you know, I was saved or whatever. You know, First of all, it's it's about obedience. It's about the Word of God. And I don't care what your experience was, right? That's, I mean, that's right. But on top of that, sure, I mean, yeah, uh, using the Romans Road or, you know, uh, these other these other things that we kind of mentioned, uh, I'm not going to question anybody's conversion. I would never do that. But I'm also not going to say, just as much as I won't say you're not saved, I won't say you are saved, right? That's what I think. Yeah. I mean, who am I to be the judge? Yeah. Exactly. We just we just we just want to reemphasize what the Bible says, and if any departure from that is bad. That's uh, amen to that. Amen to that. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today, listening to our podcast. Let others know about us. If this has been a blessing to you, I know that we have some unconventional ideas, but you can't deny that at least we have a literal approach to the Word of God and what it says. And whereas I would say there's a lot of people out there that are not willing to just take the stand for what they believe is right and what the Bible teaches, um, I believe that that is some of the problem that we're experiencing in our country today. Mm -hmm. We're just, we're parroting things. And we haven't really thought them through. In the area of salvation, you come just as you are. You do not go, you don't get better first and go to the doctor. You don't fix your legal problems and then go to the lawyer. You don't fix your car and then go to the mechanic. You take the broken car to the mechanic. You take your sick body to the doctor. You take your legal problems to the lawyer. And you take your sin problem to the Lord. He's the only one that can save you. And the condition is belief. Not prayer, belief. Not prayer and belief, belief. Not prayer and baptism and belief, belief. That's what the Bible says. And you cannot know what's in another man's heart. You cannot say you've seen 30 people get saved. You do not know that. Okay. Most people would have said Judas Iscariot was saved. Who led him to Christ? And get some kind of a brownie points for that. Because after all now, my my convert has become a preacher. Mm-hmm. But he never was. He was never a believer. The scriptures say, Jesus knew from the beginning, who believed not, who was, that had a devil. Thank you for tuning in today.